When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you. Yes. Yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on the podcast. And Jackson, now that we have guests again, mm. our schedule of doing QFTAs on Mondays uh-huh. and then pick six on Wednesday slash Thursday, it's been changed up a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. But uh, we want to continue to do QFTA. I love doing QFTA. And then uh, we've done uh, two guest interviews, if you've missed any of them. Joe Buck, uh, last week, U.S. Senator Jack Danforth, Guest this week that that interview, but mm. see, I'm really hesitant to promote it on social media because I feel like all hell will break loose. I hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a you know, but yet life. it's such a good really interview, good. not because of me, even though it's because of me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but because of what he's saying. That I know it'll it'll irritate a percentage of people, but a minority that I think a lot of people would like to hear it. But I just I don't know. Anyway, I'm 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 very uh, pleased with that conversation, and I Absolutely. recommend it to people. And oh, of course, yeah. the Joe Buck one. Uh, Joe Buck and I could play slap and tickle <laughs> any day of the week. Uh, we do QFTA here, and we welcome you to send in questions, comments, erotic stories anytime you want. QFTA, T McKernan at TMASTL dot com. T McKernan at TMASTL dot com. Thank you to the HomeLoanExpert dot com, our studio sponsor here. On the Tim McKernan Show. And if you are looking to buy a new home, and I'm getting a lot of emails already uh, from my real estate agent about homes going on the market, but still, it's not as many as it normally is. Supply is low, demand is high. Get pre approved at thehomeloanexpert.com and position yourself to make sure you can get a home in 2022 if you, your family, want to move. Go to thehomeloanexpert.com and get pre-approved. I did it last year and it is so helpful. And on top of that, it is so easy. It's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, a sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. And once you get your home, get your insurance from James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent. So I can speak to all of this stuff real easily. Uh, customer service, the best. Calling there, Jackson and I are talking at 11.09. You call there right now. Somebody's going to pick up probably within two rings. 
and they will be able to pull up your policy and answer your questions or say, oh, you want to change? Well, here's what you can do, and here's how much it's going to save you, or here's how much it's going to cost you. For life, for home, for auto, it's James Carlton. He's right there in Webster Groves, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. And Action Jackson, you're a Mark Hanna client. I'm a Mark Hanna fan. He's online at evergreenstl.com. 314-889-0503. Tell me about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, if you would be so kind to the people. Yeah, like like you said, Tim, you're a fan. I'm a client. I'm mm. both. I'm both, both a, I'm both a client and a fan, a big fan, possibly the number one supporter of Mark Hanna. He is the best in the business. He r- truly is. The way he can talk to people is something that is so important when dealing with something as important as your financial future. You want someone who you really trust and you really think is a quality person. And Mark embodies in that embodies that like no one I've ever met. Mark is awesome. He'll learn about you individually, what your goals are, what your current situation is, and what you want to do for the future. And from there, he'll educate you on the best plan going forward. And he'll check in with you every six months, maybe a year, make sure you guys are still on the same page. If there's anything to change, maybe make an adjustment, and Mark will always be there for you. He is the best I, I really can't say more just because I'm so happy that I'm working with Mark Hanna. I truly am extremely happy to be working with Mark Hanna, and so will you. So if you don't have anybody, if you don't have a plan, give Mark Hanna a call. Please give Mark Hanna a call. And if you already have somebody, you might want to consider making the switch because Mark really is the best in the business. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Q F T A. Hey, boys. Uh, first off, I know you joke about not having crossover listeners between TMA and Balloon Party, but I enjoy both. You get the fuckery with TMA. Boy, I like that word. <laughs> the fuckery. I'm, I really I'm, like that I'm word. With all the fuckery. You get the fuckery with TMA and the serious sports side that you do well, I know, Lemming, on Balloon Party. You have my ear from 7 to 11 every day. And with the podcast, the transition to Hubbard has been awesome. Congratulations. I am 34, and I'm one of those that's pissed off about baseball been my favorite sport for as long as I can remember. I live and grew up in Illinois with short stints downtown and in Edwardsville. I am also one of those that loves the city of St. Louis and can see the potential that you always talk about but fear the potential will never be realized. I think that plays into my anger slash frustration with MLB. They kind of have parallel trajectories. A once great city has been consistently run into the ground by leadership and now once great sport is being run into the ground by its leadership. My dream has always been to have children and specifically a son that I could guide into loving the game as I do. I think the game will be around. However, if this type of leadership in the sport continues, I just don't think he's going to have the interest, and that's why this bugs me so much. I'm trying to weave into a question here, so I guess the question could be, because you always talk about your first kid as a game, are you worried you won't be able to have that moment with your sons as I am worried I won't have it with mine. That's from Justin. That's a good question. It was a long question, so I saw it, and I just put it in the QFTA file, but I didn't read the whole thing until just now, uh, which kind of speaks to the ad-lib nature of QFTA. Um, That's a great question, and it's actually a question I've kind of thought about a little bit over the last, um, not necessarily because of the work stoppage. Um, I intentionally, and I remember my wife was a little surprised when... um, I was like, yeah, I don't want to take our son to a game until, like, he's five or six. Mm. And I'm sure some people be like, what are you doing? Why? And my reasoning was, for me, that game, my first game, August of 1982, 
Lonnie Smith inside the park home run. Glenn Brummer stole home the next day. The Cardinals won the World Series less than two months later. Um, was so impactful on me, but it was only impactful, Jackson, because I was old enough to kind of have an idea of what was going on, yet young enough to still believe it was truly, for real, it sounds so fucking whatever, just like gross word that I would never use, but magical. That was a magical night. Will always be one of the favorite nights of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I would have gone at three, I wouldn't have had that experience. Sure. And if I would have gone at ten, and I would have been yeah, probably too old for it to be magical, yeah, so to sure. speak. Like yeah. when I went to Disney World in '87, and I was ten years old. I'm kind of like this fucking place, you know? Yeah. Um, but so anyway, uh, not that I mean, I'm sure some people are like you were that you were that fucking bitter at eighty, anyway, ten. But I, so you my mom eight. was like running us all over the place to see everything in like two days, and it was a. So anyway, <laughs> point being, great question, great email, Justin. Um, yeah, I don't think it will be nearly as impactful for my son as it was for me. With that said, it doesn't bother me as I feel like it might bother you, Justin, and maybe other people. We've seen a lot of these more during Balloon Party, Jackson, with yeah. people emailing in about the family ties to the game. I think more often with, with the Balloon Party audience oh, yeah, talking yeah. about like parents, yeah, their yeah. fathers, and, uh, and how they are the grandfathers, and they're looking forward to sharing moments with their family, and it's just not going to be the same anymore. I just, I just, I don't think... I could be off, and I want to be off. Uh-huh. I just don't think that the game of baseball is going to encapsulate young people like it did in 1982. And, and I don't think that that's necessarily a commentary on even the players or the owners. Honestly, it's the game, mm-hmm. and it's how things have changed. Yeah. If you would have told somebody in 1982 – that the NBA would be as popular as it is, or even the NFL, which sounds really weird right? to, to think that they weren't what they are now. Um, or if you would have told somebody, and take your pick of whatever decade, probably in the first half of the 20th century, that horse racing would essentially be reduced to something yeah, for... Yeah, boxing, it's the same way. Degenerates, boxing. Um, and then maybe three weekends, you know, in the summer, right. when people get into... Kentucky Derby and Preakness and Belmont, they wouldn't believe it. Yeah. So this happens. Mm-hmm. And sure. I just think it's happening to baseball. And I actually think it's beyond the control of the owners and the players as to young people getting into the game. I just think their manner with which they're handling the situation is expediting the death. Mm. That's how I suppose. But again, the death doesn't mean it's going to be gone in five years. It's just, it's... It's it, the decl- we are underway in the decline. That's what I think. Yeah, I'll tell one thing. It's kind of an irrelevant thing. I have taken my son to a hockey game. Uh, our older son. Uh, we took him to Blues and Canadians game. I think it was at the end of December, early January um, this year. And um, it surprises me that hockey hasn't gotten a better. audience, I guess, bigger audience um, over the last few years. It's gotten bigger, but it's still, you know, and Blues fans can be hypersensitive. I think that's been reduced by winning the Cup in 2019. 
It's not a commentary on the Blues, and I know that's a definitely a different deal in St. Louis. It's a different deal in Nashville, where the game is blown up as well, yep. like with yep. youth hockey here. But I would just think that the game's pace and the ability to show clips. I mean, there were, there were one of the uh, was it O'Reilly or Sod's goal? I think it was Sod to O'Reilly against the Rangers. I mean, those kinds of goals they play perfectly into social media, whereas right, baseball right. can only just show like a ball going over the wall. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. So I'm surprised by that that it hasn't grown grown quicker. But maybe it will. Maybe it will just be a steadier increase. I just don't. And listen, I want to be wrong. I think it can. I think it has to go back to the 1980 style of baseball, the Cardinals whitey ball style of baseball. I think that would get people going like crazy Mm -hmm. if that came back. I really do. I really do. I feel like I'm the only person saying it, so there must be a reason for it. It doesn't mean I'm the smartest guy in the room. It means I'm probably wrong. But that's what I think get people back into it. That's why I fell in love with it. If I would have gone to a Cardinal game like the game is played now in 1982, I wouldn't have fallen in love with the game and sports because that led me to being interested in all kinds of sports. Um, so I get, I listen, as a father, uh, Justin, I get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm kind of accepting of it. I, I've also noticed, you know, this, this, this gets down to the playing thing and also my son's all over. I mean, he's four. We're not really breaking down his words as is uh, truths or even a sample size of any sort. He loves his skates. Mm. Uh, and by that, I mean when he goes and it's not playing hockey yet, he's learning to skate. Um, and I said, okay, I got T-ball starting. He said, I don't want to play T-ball. And I go, really? We played T-ball and baseball in the backyard. You don't want to play? Uh-huh. I don't want to play it. And I'm like, okay. Um, it's kind of the same thing with golf, even uh-huh. though he's got a really nice move for four. Uh, but... Um, I think I think the faster moving sports where you're kind of always active yeah, might yeah. lend itself to just the way that people are at this moment. I don't like to say programmed, but what the expectation is. Yeah. So I just don't know if, if you're going to have people really getting into it. But at the same time, I think a lot of people tell you youth baseball is strong as hell. It's expensive as hell, but does yeah. certainly hockey is as well. Right. Uh, next question. Uh, That's another long one. Let's see what we got. And this is titled Buck Pod. I had the chance to watch your podcast with Joe, and I truly enjoyed it. I've always been a baseball fan more than anything, so I especially enjoyed the dive into the state of the sport more than anything. My favorite thing about the sport is some of the things you two touched on being slowly eliminated for a number of different reasons. I was eight years old during the McGuire-Sosa home run race in 1998, and thanks to my dad hauling me to a lot of games that season and beyond, I developed a true love for the game. Having said that, Today's game is almost unrecognizable to me. Peak baseball was, in my mind, mid-lifetime, 2000, early, mid-2010s, and how drastically the game has changed since then is fascinating to me. I remember Descalzo and John Jay's hits that led to Lance Berkman spitting on multiple borderline balls before tying the game again in Game 6. Nothing beats good baseball, but it's not baseball anymore. I hate to sound like an old yell-at-the-cloud guy, but to me, the shift's the most drastic thing that's changed which I thought Joe explained perfectly. The whole hit-it-the-other-way crowd argument doesn't consider the fact these 95-mile-an-hour professional MLB pitchers are pitching to the defense shift behind them. Sure, they'll make mistakes here and there, but it's not easy to hit a fastball in on the hands the other way unless you maybe bunt or slap hit down the line. But who wants that? The overanalysis has caused two total paralysis with the flow of the game. Have three outfielders, have two people on each side of second base, play ball. All I see right now is about money, which I get, but to me the bigger issue is the on-field product, which they somehow amazingly seem oblivious to. When and if MLB comes back this year, they're still going to be 
bringing back a poor on-field product after a labor dispute, arguing over large sums of money as a lot of people are struggling post-pandemic and uncertainty. My question is whether or not you can see baseball slipping into total irrelevance as other sports continue to grow and have their shit together. Love the show, and congrats on the healthy, healthy, happy baby number two. That is from Cannon. Uh, well, uh, he is uh, following up, even though he didn't know he was, uh, because one email was sent on Sunday and another one was sent two days later um, on the first email that I read. But um, with regards to baseball slipping into irrelevance, I don't necessarily think it's going to slip into irrelevance, and I'll tell you why, because they're not really up against anything yeah. it, 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 for most of the season. For the postseason, it is. Yeah, big time. In a major way, but uh, for, for it's still going to be the boys of summer. Yep. You're not going to have NBA, yep. NFL, and NHL for most of the time that it is playing during the summer. And even if you do have a couple of teams in the NBA and a couple of teams in the NHL playing, it's a couple of those right. teams. It's, 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 it's not. Once, once every other night or something. Right. So so by default, I don't think it'll slip into irrelevance. I just think you're going to keep seeing the decline. What he brings up, Jackson, is the shift. Where are you on the shift? I think it's, you know, I'm kind of torn on it because it is, like, really – kind of ruining the game in a sense because, you know, like we've talked about in Balloon Party, rip one up the middle and it's easily caught or someone hits a frozen rope to where usually the gap be and there's the center fielder. On the other hand, it's a it's it's just strategy. Like it it's, you know, a certain like you could do they don't eliminate the press in basketball. They don't eliminate, you know, cover two in football. So like it's not against the rules. So I'm kind of torn on it. I am too. You're actually summing up how I feel really well. Right. Um, because it'd be the first time, I think, maybe somebody will be able to point out otherwise and email me, T. McKernan at TMASTL.com. First time, I think, that you have had the opposition not be able to figure out the way to beat it. Right, right, right. right. You know, mm-hmm. like... This is fairly obscure. It was a decade ago. RG three with the at the time Redskins. Yeah. Now Washington what Commanders. Are they? Thank you. Uh, that was unstoppable. Right. 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 And then the next season, granted, he got hurt, but the next season it was like, okay, yeah. that that'll that'll wrap it up. Same thing with the Wildcat when the Dolphins did it. So it's just it, the people catch on to these things and then they figure out ways to defeat them. Yeah. So. Um, it would just look weird if there was like a drawing of a like a square on. I mean, looking yeah. weird doesn't mean that it can't be done, but a drawing of a square as to where each person could be positioned. Yeah, like a coach's box. But I guess that would just be on the infield because in the outfield they've there've been shifts right, in the right, outfield right. for yeah. when I was playing baseball. I remember yeah. outfielders being shifted one way or the other. Yeah, that's that that. I just don't know. Right. I mean, I'm here. I, I hadn't heard the shift thing at all. Up as far as outlawing it until a month ago. Now, some people might be listening to this going, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe you hadn't heard it, but I honestly hadn't. And now I feel like there's momentum for it in my understanding. And I think Rosenthal reported this, Jackson, Ken Rosenthal reported mm-hmm. this, that the, the, the owners did have uh, some on-field things they wanted to tend to, and one of them was eliminating the shift. Mm. Uh, and that was supposed to come over in what was the final proposal. So with that said... Maybe it actually is something that that could happen, and then maybe that's why Joe Buck brought it up on the uh, on the podcast because maybe there's a hell of a lot more momentum for it than I realized, and and maybe it I don't want to say it's that simple, but maybe that would maybe that is 
Yeah, I mean, it, I, a solution. I'd really be curious, like, if I talked to, like, the analytics guys in baseball, what they would say about that. Yeah, that would know? be. And also what the players, you know, what, you know, how would. Well, they, the a, players would be absolutely be for it. Right, but the how would the pitchers, hitters, right. pitchers deal with it? How would they? It would just be, it would be interesting and be interesting to see when they finally enforce someone in, like, the second baseman saying, like, no, you got to move. Right. That would be interesting. And weird. Right. It would be weird at first, but. Hey, you know, things have been weird before. So, um, You are always welcome to email in for QFTA. Questions, comments, anything. Erotic stories, Deeb's pleasuring himself on I-70. Anything is welcome. Seth Goldcamp is the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Design Air Heating and Cooling is online at designairservice.com. That's Design Air Heating and Cooling. Any issues you may have with your HVAC system, Work with Design Air Heating and Cooling. I have, and it couldn't be better. Uh, Seth and his staff have installed uh, and fixed uh, items in our home, and it just is, there's a difference. There's a difference. And also, anytime there's an issue, and this isn't just like for me as one of their spokespeople, this is for our listeners. I don't know how many times, for real, it's in the hundreds at this point. I have seen somebody either send me an email or post on social media how great of an experience they had with design, air, heating, and cooling, in particular the job they did in fixing things, but also how quickly they responded and got somebody out there. Because, listen, man, if it's freezing and your furnace isn't working, that's brutal. And if it's hot as hell, and good news, that is going to be coming relatively soon, and your air conditioning isn't working, you need something to be taken care of quickly. Design, air, heating, and cooling will do it. It's designairservice.com. And Munganess, stlouisaccurate.com, and Alton, Toyota. Dot com. Work with the great Jamie Burkhardt. Work with the great Clayton Patterson at Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, and you'll be very happy that you did. It's Munganass for new cars, for pre-owned cars, and to get your car repaired. Even if you didn't get your car from Munganast, work with Munganast. StLouisAcura.com, AltonToyota.com. That's Munganass, St. Louis Acura.com, and AltonToyota.com. Next, next, next. Uh, how about this? Mm. And I like this, but I don't know what it comes from. I think two weeks ago on QFTA, because Jay was with us and we talked about the Mickelson thing last right. week. Mm-hmm. This is what uh, a gentleman, and he didn't say whether or not to include his name, but he, his first name is Dave. Your recognition of time reminds me of this from Henry David and his, how to pronounce his name. Thoreau? It's It's debatable. I think most people in 2022, if they are pronouncing Henry David Thoreau's name, would say Thoreau, right? But I have read a bunch of different ways to pronounce it. But since you said that, I will go with Thoreau as well. But there's like a variety of different. Yeah, he's got it's like a Cajun ending to it, right? Yeah. So Henry David Thoreau's quote: "The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation." Was an observation that most people live an empty life caused by unfulfilling work, lack of leisure time, and misplaced values, money, possessions, and accolades. Thoreau claimed the value we attach to possessions, money, and status is wrong. And I believe, I don't know how we got on the topic, but I, I recall seeing this email, um, and I thought, wow, that's. I'm glad to hear that somebody who is considered one of the great thinkers. Uh-huh. Um, when was when was he around? Nineteenth century? Am I correct on that? Sounds right, but I can't be sure. I mean, we don't have anything. I no, in, in two thousand twenty-two, it is virtually impossible to look something up. Yeah, he was uh, born in eighteen seventeen, died in eighteen sixty-two. Um, and anyway, uh, he was an American naturalist, essayist, poet, 
and philosopher, a leading transcendentalist. He is best known for his book, Walden, a reflection upon simple living in natural surroundings, and his essay, Civil Disobedience, originally published as Resistance to Civil Government, an argument for disobedience to an unjust state. So, hey, you align me talking on my nitwit podcast with Henry David Thoreau, then God bless America. Yeah, that's a nice little feather in your cap right yeah, there. But, but to me, the stuff I say about this, I think it resonates with people who are... I don't want to say, I don't know who's really comfortable with mortality. Although I do feel like as people get older, they get more comfortable with it Mm. because you're around your friends passing away and family Mm. passing away. But comfortable might not be the word as much as accepting. Um, So people who don't like me talking about, I only have X amount of years left. Sometimes I've gotten emails like, I mean, you're only, you know, 40 something, you know, it's not like you might not even be halfway through your life. Mathematically, I mean, that's that's probably in the, I don't know, 20 percentile probability. But who fucking knows? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, the thing that I keep going back to anytime this topic comes up is I can remember being exactly how old you are, Jackson, at mm-hmm. 23, which is essentially half my life ago, and it isn't that far away. And if I were to add those 23 years on now... Um, it puts me near 70. Yeah. So in my mind, even though I'm just as close to 23 as I am to 67, Mm -hmm. 67 strikes me as being, you know, old, near death. And 23, even though I'm aware of the fact that I'm older than you, I feel more like a peer of yours right. than a 67-year-old, mm-hmm. which I just think is one of those things that, that you probably, when you are 45, you will feel. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is this. If the time goes that quickly, then one has to be more cognizant of the value of time. Mm. That's the thing that I just keep talking about which i don't really think is all that cutting edge and and i think it's a good way to live but the impetus for the thought process is death awareness yeah and i think most people live in some semblance of i don't want to think about it right um in in my in my family amongst my parents and my wife's parents my anna marie and i were just talking about this i think yesterday actually um that uh, my dad and her mom are more comfortable talking about, you know, mortality yeah, than yeah. her dad and my mom. Mm. I kind of like the way my dad approaches it. Mm-hmm. You know, Timmy, listen, your mother don't want to hear this, but hey, listen, this is where we're going to be, and I'm doing you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to handle this because your mother doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm on the back nine here. I don't really want to mess with this shit. And I and that's me. That is me. Right, that is right, right. absolutely me. Um, now I'm sure there are plenty of people listening to this. And and listen, I know a lot of the people listening to this. What are you seeing on YouTube? Twenty five percent of the people are in the twenty five to thirty four yep. range, mm-hmm. and we have a bunch of people in the eighteen to twenty four range. Yeah. You don't start thinking about this. I didn't start thinking about this. I don't really know. I didn't think about it when I turned forty at all. I think I really do think it was it was the living in Florida thing that made me think about it actually. 
So I don't know how other people, such as Henry David Thoreau, who I doubt was spending his time at spring training in the 1840s. Which is a miss. He should have been down there. Right. Someone's got to cover him. Amen. Uh, I don't know how he arrived at this conclusion, but for me it's like, this is this is the math. Mm-hmm. Um, if half of your life is spent doing something you don't really enjoy, why are the fuck you doing it? I mean, <laughs> and to me it's kind of simple. Right. So I personally don't like spending time indoors. Mm-hmm. I don't like waking up and going outside and being cold, seeing rain, frozen precipitation, and not seeing the sun. That is my own personal thing. I'm not applying this to everybody. I also am for sleeping with as many people as possible. I'm agnostic, and I realize all three of those traits most likely put me in the minority of views, feelings, of people in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Would you agree with that, Jackson? Yeah, if you take the entire area, for sure. So what you're saying, Central Corridor, I am the people's champion, but if you go like to the outskirts, I'd be hated? Is that what you're saying? I think I'm hated everywhere. That's what I've decided. I think from the Okay, CWE. so where are you on the thing about November through April just being, from my standpoint, a fucking waste of time? Uh, well, here mm, the sun and I have a That's right. complicated sun relationship. The yeah. Brenner, the son and I, the son okay. and I have a have a complicated relationship where it can really be a, a thorn in my side. Uh, but uh, I think I talked about this in Balloon Party. If I'm going outside that day, if I'm playing golf, if I'm doing a little day drinking, if I'm uh, you know doing any activity outside, I love the sun to be up. It, it puts a big smile on my face. Now, if there's a day where I'm going to be watching sports all day and it's going to be you know, maybe like a football Sunday or, uh, you know, not most of those are night stuff, but for football reasons. I prefer it to be an overcast because I don't want glare on my TV. There's my answer. God, I'll tell you. Sometimes I'm like, this motherfucker's only 23 years old. I'm just like, this motherfucker's 23 years old. So you don't like the sun because you don't want to glare on your television. On days where I'm going to be just watching sports. Now, if it's any other day where I'm going to do something outside or if I want to go take a run or okay, if I, I follow do something. You. So I get it. I get, I get that. Yeah. So if it's like, like for example, yeah. how about this? Mm-hmm. This, this I, think, I think I know where you're coming from because the glare on the TV is now up there to me with the hat theory, which you're going to be owning forever. Uh, um. The Masters, we both can't wait, right? Right. And a lot of people who aren't even golf fans look forward to that weekend. Um, I know some guys get, like, vasectomies for the NCAA tournament. I would get it for, and I really do need to get it, uh, for the week, uh, the Thursday and Friday of the Masters. Uh-huh. Um, I would prefer mm. that it is rainy and cold. Right. I follow. Okay, right. I'm with you. Now I see what you're saying. The Got glare it. thing, I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I, you're, you're doing okay for 23. You can afford some some blinds. <laughs> so, with that all said, that's where I'm coming from. Um, all right, what was my second question? Oh, well, you're not in relationships, so you don't know yet. And I don't know if people get there or not. And people don't people don't speak honestly about it. But the, the, you don't, It's and I got to tell you this. This is kind of a... This is, we're going Adderall sessions here. Love it. I recall there was a girl who I just, I knew I wanted to be with. Uh-huh. We're going back a long time ago. And finally was with her. And then I don't even remember who it was. But this uh, last came about and she had expressed interest in engaging in activity oh and i thought to myself 
I don't get it. Now I look back on it, and I well, I laugh at my naivete, yeah. just because I'm. It's it's from my standpoint, it's biochemical. But I thought I'm thinking to myself, once I was with this person, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be not interested. I wasn't interested emotionally on the other person, right, right. But I wanted to partake in fun sure. and games sure. and, and heavy petting and yeah. digital stimulation and things of that ilk. Intimate acts. Right. Intimate acts that would please me and cause her to leave. Like Wilford Brimley in the firm right now. <laughs> That's a nice reference. Um and I remember I remember actually saying I think I I think I was with Jay Randolph Jr. Now this is like when Jay was like, this fucking guy's here just because his dad sells here. <laughs> you know, so this, this isn't like the Jay you know. Right, this love. Is, yes, of course, we both do. Um, and he goes, get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I specifically remember that. And then I was in a different relationship, and this girl was legitimately, like this would have been, because it, was, it wasn't in St. Louis. It was in uh, Scottsdale, actually. And, uh, and she just made it clear. She just wanted to, and it just, it was just, it w- there would be no confusion as to whether or not this was going to be an emotional right. thing. I mean, I'm, I'm St. Louis, she's Scottsdale. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to cheat. Yeah. So, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and then she kept going. And I guess this was, I don't know, this this may have been text era. This may have been mm, phone T9. call. T9. Might have been. Might have been. And uh, I don't know where I was staying. I might have been staying in downtown Phoenix. And downtown uh-huh. Phoenix to Scottsdale is a decent drive. Right. And, uh, and I'm like, I mean, she's like, you know, being aggressive uh-huh. and I'm just like, no, I'm not going to cheat. And then I came back and I told, uh, I don't know if it was Jay or somebody else we were working with and it wasn't Jay. And the other guy goes, well, you're going to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I hate, I mean, you can say whatever you want about me. Uh, this was not a marriage situation. Maybe you would view it differently if it was. It was a girlfriend situation. Yeah. As George Carlin said in one of his routines, I should have banged old what's-her-name. <laughs> I really do feel that way. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I, and I, re- I absolutely believe this. Like, it's like, for me, it's not even a sweat. Uh, I can compartmentalize sex or any sexual activity or attraction physical attraction Mm -hmm. and then not go hold on a second i would like to sleep with her therefore i must not love my wife or love my girlfriend or love my fiance or whatever it is and it's like for me that's like it's so easy to now just because i feel that way does not mean if i drive home and say hey to anna marie right (laughs) Right. I would I, like to set up shop as much because as I can. assure you my line of options and her line of options, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a discrepancy. Right. So, uh, Jackson, on that, even though I realize the only long-term relationship you had was one that ended because you refused to anally pleasure her, uh, you don't have the experience I have. What are your thoughts on that? Can you understand where I'm coming from? I don't ask that because, of course, you can understand where I'm coming from. What are your feelings? Do you share my feelings on that? I hear where you're coming from. I separate sex from emotion, and it's easy as fuck for me to do. Right. 100%. And it's not a way to justify, like, fucking a bunch of people. Right. Like, I just think people would be happier and there wouldn't be any of them to divorce. People yeah, I'm just going to fuck whoever. Right. Okay, cool. You know, but don't fuck with our family and don't have an emotional relationship. Sure. 
as much as I would love to, because I think the the reasoning is sound, and I think that is what you just laid out is true. I couldn't the the as much as I would like like to think that eventually, like emotion can overtake your brain. Watch me like, ship you. Uh huh. Watch me ship you. Okay. Do you know where I'm going? Do you know how you're about to get shipped? No, which makes it even <laughs> the more painful when it happens. <laughs> Let's say the girl you refuse to anally plunder. Yeah. You you guys are back together. Mm. And she says, hey, don't worry about your 48-hour notification policy. <laughs> I'm taking that off the table. What I really want tonight is to engage in lesbianism. Now, you can't participate, but you can be right here watching and enjoying. How would you feel? Yeah, I'm into that. All right. But if it's with a, like... Like I won't, I don't want to be at the Davenport when there's like another guy. Well, I understand, but that's my premise that we have some double standards we need to, oh, as yeah, gentlemen, for sure. explore. And I don't think it's something. Uh, very rarely is there. There's a cardboard cutout of learn, and I, but I don't think it'll respond. I don't think too many women. I think there are some who are into it, but uh-huh. I don't think too many women are like, yeah, it'd be hot if I watched my husband get banged by another guy. It, and that's a double standard on the part of the women. Right. Right. Yeah. No. As I yell at a cardboard <laughs> cutout of learn. And it's about time you did. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what yeah, a no, fucking certain, mess I am. But certain, I feel so, I, I feel passionately about yeah, this. There certainly is a I really standard. do. I swear to you, I, I think most marriages and relationships break up because of somebody else. Most of the time. Mm. Most of the time. And, and, then, and then what happens, and I really, I feel like I can kind of play hands backward and I think people go, okay, we're not fucking as much as we did. There must be a problem with our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you go, but God, I'd really like to. Yeah, fuck right. Her. It's I'd not like, like the libido. Him. And that's the thing. It's yeah. and I don't know what it is. It's a brutal beat. Yeah. But it's not who we are as human beings. We are not biochemically programmed to be monogamous sexually. Right. I think we can be emotionally. I And now, now here's this. Now, this might endear me to the social conservatives, all of whom I know listen to this show. Right, this intently. Is a, this is a big, big show for, yeah. for Rick Santorum's fans. Yeah. Uh, that I can't imagine being in love with two women at the same time. What about that? Have you had that? I don't know. I, I, have, no. I have absolutely not. No, I've never been in love with two women at the same time. I can't. I can't imagine. Like truly in love. Like, if you really like, you can feel. Like I remember feeling badly that I knew I was about to break up with somebody, yeah. but I knew I wasn't in love with her. So I. So like for example, I haven't watched The Bachelor in however many years, and the fact that I'm even using this as an exhibit has just totally further ruined what already has been a dumpster fire. But I would watch this fucking operation, and I really love her, but I really love her. Number one, you just met him. And number two, <laughs> it's not it's not realistic. Now, if you go, I really like to bang her, and I can't wait to bang her, I'd go, I get it. Yeah. You'd probably like to with almost all of them. Yeah, right. But as far as loving, I just don't I, I don't, I don't even know if it's possible. I suppose it could be. At the same time, there might be people listening to this going, oh, man, I've absolutely been in love with two women at the same time. But there is no way I could separate, like you do, sex from emotion. Yeah. There's no way. So there, there's probably people listening who are the inverse mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. And I, I realize, you know, when you haven't been married or had a lot of long-term relationships, it's difficult to compare and contrast. But having been there, 
and haven't had like, I don't even know at this point, but it's like nothing but relationships since the mid nineties. Um, that, yeah, there's just no way. It's just, I don't see how it's possible, but I absolutely at any moment during those relationships could have been more than happy to have sex with somebody else. And then also still been going, okay, right. I still care about you, still love you, still maybe in love with you. Mm-hmm. But people don't say that because then now I'm so, at this point, Anna Marie's just like, yeah, he says, what do you, you know, like I talked about, which we never finished, Adderall sessions are off the rails now. <laughs> I wanted to do this in a half hour because I have a tea time in a half hour and there's no fucking wait. Now I'm just going to cancel the tea time. Oh, wow. Mess. Look at this. Yeah, I didn't really want to play anyway, honestly. Um, but I do have a tea time. I was just hoping nobody hopped on it. That was why I kept, that's why I kept looking at it. See if nobody has. You want to play Han Solo. <laughs> well, I just wanted to drop like 10 yeah. balls and chip around. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll still get there. Where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, the story that I told on TMA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I never finished the fucking no, you story. Didn't. No. And I didn't finish it today. <laughs> fuck. Well, the it's, a, it's a very special podcast because now. So I'm sitting at the bar downstairs mm. with some of the management types. Yeah. And even though I'm friends with these people, honestly, I said these people, but the people in management, I'm kind of like, your management. Yeah. Should I not be here? Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a it's like a it's there's a, a line. fine line. It's like when I would drink with Edmonds. Uh huh. And even then, even if we're both like fucked up, I couldn't go. Boy, what's going on with you know yeah. Woody Williams? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, out of, out of and he would have looked at me like, dude. Yeah. You know, because I'm media and he's player. Right. So with that all said, we're down there. And alas comes up, and for those of you who listen to TMA, you've heard the story, but I haven't finished the story. And she's legitimately attractive. You've seen... Yes, yes. She's legitimately... Absolutely. She's, I'm not just saying this for no. the story. She's no. legitimately attractive. And uh, she'd walked back and forth a couple times. I'm not really thinking anything of it, uh, just because that's not where my mind is at this point in my life. Uh-huh. It just isn't. Um, and that's a really good thing, Yeah. by the way. Yeah. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I don't need that. I don't want it, I don't need it, and I'm glad. But uh, she comes up and goes, where's Doug? And I'm like, I'm sitting with two of the management right. people, and I'm like, oh, these guys, you know, they like to go with the prank thing. This yeah. is yeah. this is, this is a, a sketch and bit, yeah. sketches and bits. Right. But then it becomes clear, and then they think I planted her <laughs> to make it look like we have a female audience, right. and it turns out she's real, and she really is a fan of the show. Um, now the part that I didn't tell that I want to now deliver here is you had told me, and I don't know if you said this, do you think you've said this on the air on the podcast ever? No, no, I didn't for, uh, for <laughs> I understand. a planned reason. Yes. So I have dealt with some things uh-huh. and I have shared it now and you've been, you've, you've been witness to me sharing it at least once uh-huh. and you see the reaction on people's faces. I do. And it, it not only freaks them out yep. and then they do say holy shit you do need to write a book they also have said i'm exhausted by hearing this stuff <laughs> yeah and i'm like yeah you just like heard it the last year you <laughs> i mean there's there's like two decades of this shit a lot more to read but uh i've dealt with some situations but then for you when i heard you dealt with a situation uh-huh. i'm like this is fucked up yeah and you d- tell tell the good people who are listening to this what you yeah. dealt with. So on New Year's Day, uh, my roommate calls me over to the front of our apartment, mm-hmm. the front door of our apartment, mm-hmm. and says, oh, we got a note saying Happy New Year. I was like, oh, nice. I didn't think anything of it. And they handed me the note, and it said Happy New Year 
AJVPSB. That's your code name. Right, Action Jackson Virgin Prince That's Sauce right. That's right. And in my head at first, I was like, oh, whatever. But then I thought to myself, well, I've said kind of where my apartment complex is on Bremont Boulevard, uh, but I've never, ever said what apartment I live in. That's right, that's right. And, I mean, there's 14 buildings at this apartment complex, like 20 apartments in each building, so that's like a lot of apartments, you know, 250 at least apartments. And I've never had a person come up to me and say, hey, love the show while I'm walking in the hallway of my apartment building or to my car or anything like that. So my mind has said, how does someone know where I live? I know that they can understand right. possibly where the building is or the complex is, but there's no way they could know what apartment I actually live in. So that caused uh, some serious concern for me because now I knew that a listener to the show who I do not know knows where I live. And when you told me that, it freaked me out because I'm like, fuck, this is rough because here's a guy who is brand new and now this is happening to you, something mm-hmm. that's happened to me. Right. But it, it didn't happen like in year one. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, Not that it makes it better, but right. you kind of understand after sure. a while. Well, it turns out, the girl yeah. was the girl who posted that on your door. Right. And Which, when she said that, it made me so happy. Right. Me, and you too, you told, right? When you, told, when you told me that. It was I, like you could exhale. It was serious. I've been double bolting my door like in the middle of the day, like all the every day because I'm just in constant fear. But now knowing that, it, it's such a relief, like such a relief. Yes. And that's great. And yeah. she was super cool, legitimately attractive. So anyway, I'm telling this story on the radio. Now, here is a, uh, a lady and my wife who, when when she's giving me shit about this, and, you know, she's holding a five-week-old <laughs> yeah. while a batshit four-year-old is running <laughs> around. And she goes, so what, are you going to this bar now to hit on women? And I go, oh, <laughs> fuck. So she listened to the segment. That's what I think. <laughs> fuck me. But, she, but then it's just kind of like, she doesn't even, and doesn't even like... And then that's that's kind of it. Like yeah. clearly joking, sure. Not concerned, no. which in a way might be a reflection of another reason that yeah. you know. But either way, and I'm like, that's that's my girl, right? That's my girl. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, she gets she gets it. Yeah. But I will say this at the outset, as we now pull ourselves back to the original question, which I think was about the shift. I thought it was about <laughs> Dave Thoreau. What? <laughs> That, yeah, that when we first started doing, when we were first together, I, I started doing the show before I met Anna Marie. Right. Um, I remember, like, uh, she, she, she was like, I don't think it was necessarily from her, but that she's like, you know, it's kind of, is it disrespectful to me that you kind of talk about the stuff you talk about on the radio? I said, listen, I said, this is what I do. Yeah. And I said, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. And, you will realize it. Yeah. And, but, but I got to be honest with you. I don't know how many, because she will point out, I don't know how many women would put up with, take your pick of, like I'm sitting there texting with Caden Cross about, hey, you know, you really ought to sign Ella Reese, you know. Yeah. Just so fucking weird, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but she gets it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then, like, she'll, when Lisa Ann's in town, she'll hang out with Lisa yeah. Ann. Not in the way I'd like her to hang out with Lisa Ann, but she'll hang out with Lisa Ann. That's what I need. Now, I recognize what percentage of St. Louis area women, Jackson, it's time for fun with arbitrary percentages. My favorite segment. Yep. What percentage of St. Louis area women between the ages of, 
it wouldn't be fair to go 21 because we might be a little more progressive there. Maybe not. You could you tell me. Between the ages of uh, 25 and 50 would put up with my song and dance on the radio, which is not a which is not an act, despite my mom trying to convince herself otherwise. And the, the shit I say on the podcast. What do you think? 35 percent. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, three and a half out of ten. That's way higher than I would have thought. Yeah, because I think I mean you'd have to really be, and I don't because I'm saying the majority would be against it, but I think that because you're including the 25, so I think from the age. Okay, what if I went 35 to 50? 25 percent. All right, all right, I'm following you here. So I I think that I think because it's it's so tongue in cheek isn't the right word, but it's it's part of everything, and I guess you kind of have to have a broader knowledge of kind of what goes on on the radio um but i think a lot more people are sexually progressive I mean, if they weren't 10 years ago they're much more so now. i agree with that I and think, i think that's a wonderful thing absolutely i think it's so healthy which i think is one of the reasons why in a way i feel so strongly about but i don't i don't want to like the it's like religion you don't want to force it down anybody's throat if anything then that can lead to like people if you are if you really do want to get somebody on board, forcing it on them is not the way to do it. But I really do believe this would lead to greater happiness and health if people are comfortable with sexuality, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like, I think it's so great now, even though it's not my thing, that, like, and maybe gay guys would go, dude, you're, you know, you're living in a bubble. You have no idea what it's like for me to be a gay 25-year-old or gay 45-year-old. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, But to me, anyway, feel, feel like, I guess, the very least of this. Like, if somebody was said they were gay in 1990 versus saying they're gay 32 years later, at least from my standpoint, the reaction is kind of like, oh, okay, right, whatever, right, fucking care. But back in 1990, which is eight years before you were even born, uh-huh. 20 years before you are even aware of anything like this, it would have been like, oh, man, stay away from me. You know, just because, like, the assumption is, like, these gay guys can't possibly help themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, you know when usually the people who aren't on board with them anyway are not necessarily the guys that gay guys are going to be looking for in the first place. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear where you're coming So from. I think that I think it's shown progress now. Are we where we would ideally like to be? No, but I mean, it's still, it's there's been progress. And yeah. I think the same thing, like you just said, with regards to that kind of thing, Yeah. sexuality, comfort level with sexuality, Yeah. it has progressed. 35% of women, like, being in a relationship with me, talking like I talk on the radio podcast in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. God, I don't know. You, you feel, you're, like, sitting there, like, I, like if I'm playing poker against you, you're sitting there like, motherfucker, you can call, <laughs> but you're going to lose. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's the body language tell you're giving off. I, 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 I would have put it at 10. That's why I'm so... Interesting. That's why I'm, that's why I'm so reactive. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I think... I think there's something, I, I mean... It's great. Listen, I hope, I, again, it's another thing where I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. I really do hope you're right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't affect me in any way. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, good. Now I can go have a bunch of, you know. But I'm like, that would be great. I think, because yeah. I think it's healthier that way. Right. And I think that, you know, I think the people like to point to, like, the porn show of TMA. But really, right. I mean, in all honesty, it's not, you know, we're not, nine o'clock, we'll be breaking down these three performers. You know, it comes up every once in a while. And... An interview might happen, and we have Lisa Ann on. But I think the reason why it got attached to that is because we would talk about it, right? Or we would 
have adult stars on, but it's one of those things. I swear, it's one. It's like if somebody brings that up, and if if they're in like radio, yeah, as yeah. in like management or whatever, and and I've had it happen. Uh-huh. Had it happened relatively recently. Like now, if you work here, you're not going to be able to interview porn stars. And I'm like, okay, yeah, got you it. know, can I not beat off in the studio too? Because <laughs> the, the both things are as likely and necessary necessary to happen for the right, show's success. Exactly. I mean, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. But that's the thing that's attached to yeah. the show is that the show is. But that just shows like the the however many percent of people who are so uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And then they'll spin it into, well, these girls are, you know, manipulated. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, dude, these girls, not all of them. Right, exactly. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take their business acumen yeah. uh, versus a lot of take your pick of professional athletes or musicians or movie stars or models right. on essentially being their own bosses yeah. and becoming stig- millionaires. But it's whatever. I, I, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't care. I'm not, like, looking to convert somebody who's sexually repressed no, into just, porn, I don't give a shit, doesn't matter to me, but it's that they don't know. Yeah. Like, if Caden was a moron, I wouldn't communicate with Caden. Exactly. If Lisa Ann was a moron or some kind of, you know, drugged-up idiot, yeah. I would be like, oh, God, yeah. I got this going on now. You know, I don't need that. I'm not... But they're, they're intelligent business women. Right, there's a bad stigmatism against sex workers. Right, but if but that's kind of, in a way, what else do I have? Like if somebody cheats in golf. Uh-huh. For me, it's a tell that I don't want to hang out with them. Right. So it's like the scene in a Bronx tale. Good, mm, bad, Good. I would assume. Where Chaz Palamentary says to Cologeno, you're chasing this guy around for $20. Right, right. You know, implying, you know, this guy's a jack-off. You know, yeah. he's a mark. He's not going to pay you back. So fuck it. Don't worry about the twenty dollars. You got him out of your life for twenty dollars. Yeah, it's a great thing. Exactly. So for my mindset, it's like okay, he cheated in golf. Now I know he's jack off. I don't want to be associated with him. Yeah, you know, good. Now I know if anything was kind of worth whatever ten dollars I had to pay him because he was cheating. Yeah, and if somebody's like, oh yeah, these you know they shouldn't be doing this. They're dirty. I'm like okay, good. Now I know I don't really want to sit down and have a drink because if that's the mindset, it's you know one of the weirder conversations I had, but it was great. Like my parents, when I had the thing with Caden with the possibility of a podcast, uh-huh. I said, listen, I said, I know you're going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe you're talking about doing this. But take it for what it is, which is business. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think there's there's an appetite here from a company that wants us to do a, a, uh, a podcast together, me and Caden. And I think I can make, you know some good money doing yeah. it and i think it's going to be a good show mm-hmm. on top of it it won't be me like okay what was it like the first <laughs> time you tripped you know it's not what it's going to be yeah and my dad goes i've heard of timmy she's a smart gal i can tell you know i still think you need to do this <laughs> so it wasn't like a, yeah. oh we're not uh, you and the porn shit you know that wasn't what it was yeah and so here are two people you know in their 70s and even then and, con- and socially conservative certainly mm-hmm. And, and so I like that that has happened, not because I'm like, oh, good, now everybody's going to be masturbating, but because it's just like sexuality is a part of, of everyday life, ideally, and to shun people or shame people because they are sexual or they are homosexual or transsexual or bisexual is such a fucked up way yeah. for people to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it comes down to. So in a way, I don't mind that I'm on the periphery because I hate to MC things. And so because I'm porn boy, I don't get asked. And it's great. Yep. 
because I don't want to have. I gotta. Oh God, I gotta come up with a reason not to do this. Now I'm seeing our event, Porn Boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can't have him. Perfect. Great. <laughs> so great. I have no interest. None. Yeah. I pay me something ridiculous. I still don't have an interest in doing it. I have you any interest in hosting the Oscars this year? No. What about you? Good or bad? Brought to you by GoodOrBad.com. Yeah, if they can give me some pub. Jackson Burkett. Um, all right, I told her we're gonna do a half hour. I'm at my tea times in 14 minutes, and then the group ahead of me just asked me to play with them, and I'm not. Um, all right, what do I? I'm trying to get through more than a couple here. What do I got here? Pepper and Genie movie review. That'll be our last one for today. Okay, it's great. I have no idea what I'm reading, and so I read them on the podcast. Uh, let's see. Pepper and Genie. Tim and Action Jackson. Yo. Football as well. Is there a chance Pepper and Genie actually happens? Before going in any further, I want to make it clear I understand from a business, logistic, and whatever other elements I am not aware of that it's by no means easy to make this happen. This is a mostly humorous pitch. There are plenty of podcasts out there that review shows, movies in a serious manner. Plowsy and Iggy doing so while missing major plot points, mispronouncing any name with more than two vowels, etc. would be a wonderful parody. The Euphoria and Game of Thrones reviews are two of my favorite segments. Yeah. Uh, I would also enjoy Jackson and their sounding completely defeated while hearing their takes. One episode or movie a week doesn't seem crazy and would fit into Iggy's schedule quite well. Yes, it would. <laughs> Uh, listeners uh, could watch along. Again, I understand there are costs, time elements, resources, and many other things I'm leaving out as I toss this idea out. However, if this does happen, I would like a 10% stake in the form of stocks issued to the Duck Butter estate proper. Thanks. That's from the Sultan of Duck Butter. P.S. Goodorbad.com subscribers could pay a premium to get takes on Pepper and or Genie's review of the oh, movie. Wow. What a business meta. model. That's meta. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't rule ever. I, uh, Hubbard, I would not rule anything out. Anything is possible to happen. Listen, here's here's what anything gets down to, Hubbard or otherwise. Although this place certainly is at the, the top of the game right. locally when it comes to it. If it can make money, then then God bless. Right. If it can't, and that's how we're all judged, which is something I've been talking about for years with regards to sports talk radio guy going on Twitter, or Facebook, or in Dan Caesar's column complaining that he got fucked. It's like, well, all you're saying is that I nobody was buying my show. Right. That's you're, that's you're essentially or me it. as an individual, and therefore I became expendable. Now, the public doesn't know that. Yeah. Because I assure you, unless you're like causing shit behind the scenes, if you bring in money, you have a job. And that's it. That's all there is to it. I could stand up and teach a class at the University of Missouri Journalism School and explain that, which would be really helpful, and do it in maybe ten minutes. So I think it'd be an effective lecture. And say, hey, I don't know what you're being told in all these other classes. But the the key to this whole thing is, are you impactful on the company's bottom line in the positive? And if you are impactful, not just like, oh, well, you know, 0.08% of the budget is, you know, for my show. No, impactful. Like, if you leave, it's going to cause a problem. You got the juice. Yep. And you will make money in the business. Yep. If you are not, don't do it. Get out. You are you are treading water, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just the reality of the game, and uh, that's not what we are taught. So along those lines, if Iggy and the Plowhawk with potentially Jackson uh, reviewing movies had uh, legitimate sponsorship interests, it's there, just like Biff and Show. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 for real, hundred yeah. percent. I would, I, and, and, and even though I'm not in charge, I would, you know. But 
Uh, if it's if it's not, then it won't it won't exist. Now I realize, of course, the salt and the duck butter was in part being uh, facetious, but dead serious. Now Iggy will always say, "I'll do it," or "I get paid," which is exactly right. But there has to be, you know, you have to in order to get it to be bought by advertisers, it has to exist with some form of either data on number of listeners or return on investment for current advertisers. You can't just show up and any of the sales staff here, which truly is an incredible sales staff, uh, can't just go out to a random business and go, hey, would you like to buy yeah. Iggy and La Plowboy, also known as Pepper and Genie's movie review podcast? It's not going to work. It doesn't matter how great the salesperson is. Right. It's tough so you to have to kind of be willing to do a couple of months of them yeah. to find out if it would work. Mm-hmm. You know, And I don't know if Iggy has the... Appetite is the word I'm going to use for that. Right. Maybe I'll start as a little social media, like a little web series kind of thing. But I love, let me tell you something. I love Biff and Show. Oh, yeah, God. Must listen to. It was must listen to. Right. God, I loved Biff and Show. <laughs> I lo- and I, I swear to you. I, but I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like my, my views on sex and my views on time and, you know, the whole thing that started this whole thing, which was the Henry David Thoreau. Is it Henry? Harry? Darnell Coles. Pretty sure it's Henry. Perfect. Uh, quote. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I was like in the minority on loving Biffin show, but to me, I love unintentional comedy. Yeah, exactly, and that's and exactly it, it what was. Just, it was as good as it gets when it comes to that. It was brilliant. And having Iggy run point, and and the questions that Biff would ask were just. And then. Iggy would get irritated with the board operator chiming in. Yes, and then <laughs> the time slot wasn't convenient for. And the thing about both those guys, I don't know. I don't know if either one's serious, if both is serious, if neither is serious. I have yeah. no idea. Well, Biff is like because you meet Biff in person, you're like, wow, you are exactly who I thought you That's would be. That's the thing, right? Like it's... if he is in character, he's Daniel Day Lewis. Right, he he's always in character because he's always in character. You're absolutely Iggy, right. Uh, you know, he is. I think it's real. I don't know. I think it's the best way I can describe it is Larry David and Curb. Like Larry David isn't necessarily exactly like he is in Curb, but there's pieces sure. of it. There's pieces right. of 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 Larry's Curb. But like if, if but, but let me put here's here's how I'm trying to get a tell. And I, uh, I, I I'd like to think that I have a good track record on intuition. Mm. And my thought process is, if it was just performance art, then he wouldn't be, like, blocking people from the fan page. Right, right. Okay? Like with I, me. Like, yeah, because I think there's a lot, some shreds. Right. Shreds. Big, some bigger than others. Right. So, in, in my point being, I guess I need to elaborate. You get where I'm going, but to, for the point, purpose of the audience, it means he cares. Mm-hmm. And if it was an act, like, for example, this is going back. Clay Travis came in. Uh-huh. You're probably still in college. You had to definitely be because I interviewed him in 2017. Yep, I've been at Mizzou. Uh, and, I mean, the interview I did with him was not about, so what do you think of Mizzou? And, you know, and then, and then he became what he has become. Hey. Uh, but he wasn't there yet. Uh-huh. But I think he was beginning the transition. He was in, like, the third inning of the transition. Right, from college football guy to. Yes. What he is now. And he loved the hate he got. Mm. Loved it. I think he talked about it in the podcast. Loved it. 
but I asked him some questions, and I it's got to still be up, right? This yeah, interview yeah. Oh, yeah. from what is October, November of 2017. Yep. And he loved it. And then we were drinking at Kirkwood Brewhouse, may it rest in peace. And he stopped me, and he goes, and this is like five hours later, and he goes, hey, he goes, you really asked some some good questions. That mm-hmm. was a really good, I don't remember, he used it, I can't remember the word he used. But it wasn't like a, I don't know how to describe it. He was very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, it is serious, sincere in his compliment, and maybe even serious in that he was surprised that that was the line I took in the interview. I think maybe he was thinking that it would be like we're going to joke about, you know, kind of like cancel culture was around in 2017, but PC stuff, uh-huh. you know, Mizzou football, the SEC, and I didn't. That wasn't that. That was not it. I yeah. was basically asking, you know, if pro wrestling is real or fake. Yeah. That's basically what that uh, roundabout way to ask. And in my opinion, he is just he's a puppet puppet master. Oh yeah. Well, you say, oh, yeah. Well, I think there are some people who are probably fans of his listening to this. Sure. Oh, no, no, he's not. But I, th- I think without question, in my mind, again, I guess I can't say without question. We're going back to if you had to bet $100, Jesus. I mean, I, I hear yeah. it's on the table as quickly as I can. Fast, yeah. That it's, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think it's more theater there than I think it is with other, take your pick. By the way, I don't think this is exclusive oh, no, to no, no. conservatives. Um. Whereas, I like I like talking about this um, because I'm kind of curious what's going on with it. What Bill Maher has been doing over like the last year or so. Are you aware of what I'm talking about here? Yeah, yeah. Now you are, I think, further to the left than I am. I could be off on this. I don't. Yeah, fucking know. I probably I am. Um, but I now Maher is kind of hated. By a lot of liberals now, mm-hmm. whereas he was the guy for a long time, right? And it's because some of the stances he has taken, calling out wokeness, uh, kind of going in a different direction, not necessarily going in the conservative direction on COVID, but not certainly not aligning with the liberal on COVID. And I just don't know how that became a liberal conservative thing, but whatever, yeah. it definitely did. And I was on the receiving end of plenty of hate mail on that. And I believe what he is doing. I really do, but like I like I'm emphatic on this. Is what he is doing, is he is trying to. It's I think he's in his mid late sixties now. Is he really? Oh yeah, yeah. He looks good for. He looks like I would have guessed. Well, he he's healthy. Right, right. I would have guessed in his. That's one of his biggest things. Late fifties. Yeah, he's sixty six. Oh wow. Um. You know, I mean, at this point, he's. It's like when people say, "Oh, they're doing it for the money." It's like, dude, he's made. No, no. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. I mean, I think one of the things he did in the 2012 campaign, he donated a million dollars to Barack Obama. You yep. can't be like no. doing things for the money yeah. if you're in a position to donate a million dollars. Right. But that kind of becomes the way people can like dismiss people. They have to find a way to dismiss opinions that they don't like. Mm-hmm. So that's the move. I believe what he is doing is he is trying to ingratiate himself to the middle and or. Trump voters who weren't on board with Trump but couldn't vote for Hillary Clinton or couldn't vote for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And he is doing, in a kind of a roundabout way, if you listen to the Jack Danforth interview, what he thinks is in the best interest of the country, even though he knows he's going to catch hell from it, from the people who a few years ago loved him. Mm -hmm. And he is doing it 
because he will shit on still more than most places Donald Trump uh-huh. and mock it, but he doesn't mock the people who voted for him. Mm-hmm. Which I always, I from 2016 on, I said, hey, you can say whatever about this, and we might look at it and go, my God, you yeah. know, that's fine. 70 million people voted for him. Uh-huh. So what are we going to say? 70 million people are racist, stupid, and on top of it, I know plenty of them who I'm very certain are not racist and stupid who voted for him. Yeah. It, it might be convenient to wash away that this has happened, but if you are going to shit on a group of people and call them racist and stupid, you are never going to win those people over. Right. People don't respond well to being called stupid. People don't respond well to be called race, being called racist, especially if they're not racist and it's the kind of way you can lose your job yeah. in 2022. Or fuck, even in 2002, but certainly in 2022. And so I believe that this is actually strategy on his part. Now, he hasn't talked about it. At least I haven't seen it if he has. To try to, for the sake of what he believes is what is right, win people over who voted for Donald Trump by pointing out some of the, and highlighting some of the asinine shit that goes on on the left that he, as a liberal, even goes, what in the fuck is this? Um, That's what I think he is doing. Now, I could be completely wrong. Now, with regards to Clay Travis being real forthright, I, Clay Travis could be writing about me today, and I would have no idea. I'm just, I'm just, I'm out. Yeah. When I would plug in from Jupiter, Florida, <laughs> you, you, you knew because you were connecting me some days. I'd be like, I hear it. I go, okay, I got to put my headphones. Cause I can't, I can't listen to a second of it. Yep. I had because it's, it's, too. it's theater, and I felt like it was. I'm just like, it's pandering to me. It was yeah, that's that. There you go. I mean, that's pandering. what it, it's so, and it's just like, oh. And it was so. It was to me. It was always like, it wasn't even like being hidden. It was just like, here I'm about to pander. But yet it's, but yet it's, but, but yet it's, it's popular. But yeah, it's like I watch it or I listen to, and I'm not talking about just him. And again, I'm not even talking about just people on the right, but I really stay away from it now. But when I would see it before, when I was paying attention, I go, I just don't get, but I guess if you're making a bunch of money, yeah, I don't know if you convince yourself that you're being honest or if you think to yourself, I know I'm lying, and I know I don't believe this, and I know it could be hurting people, but my responsibility is to my wife and my yep. kids, and I am taking care of them. That's the rationale, I think. That's, you think, what it is? Yeah, I think that I say I got to do whatever it takes to... To put the put them in the best position possible. Right, that's what and, you think and for the future, and I think that's how you rationalize it in your brain. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know how you, I don't know how you could. So I just, I, I mean, I... I, I really, at the core, I would love to, like, whenever somebody maybe comes out on the other side of this, because it's not like it's only Clay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, like, I believe Rush Limbaugh believed it. Yeah. Well, he was doing it so long. Right. You'd be kind of, it'd be tough to do it that way. I really do believe, believe he believed yeah. it. Uh-huh. Um, I believe Rachel Maddow believes it. Huh. You don't? No, I don't. I don't. I, I haven't really thought about that ever. Uh, I, she probably does, yeah. But I also have, in fairness, I it's not like I am a loyal viewer, listener, right? I, don't I, I mean, I've I've heard her break some things down in appearances, but not necessarily on her show. Just like it's like people like Tucker Carlson, Tucker, I watch it, so I don't know <laughs> exactly. I, you know, only what they put on social media. Um, but yeah, the people who are basically acting 
uh-huh. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then somebody who comes out on the other side of it. I would love to hear the thought process, uh, like how you rationalize it. Like yeah. you said, you're like, I'm going to put my family in the best position possible. Yeah. For me, for example, I don't know if you were on with me or if it was Pete. Somebody sent in an email and said, I'm just surprised you. And I've had another guy who's you know, ridiculously, but might be the most wealthy person I know, actually. Uh, I was a business owner, an entrepreneur. Uh, he goes, I just, I'm so surprised that you as an entrepreneur and guy owns some, it's not the companies I own, you know, maybe a rounding error for his, but uh, I'm just surprised you're a liberal. I go, I'm, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's not, but I know that I'm labeled that by conservatives who even pay attention to it. I am anti people just getting an office for a trait. That's what I'm anti, mm-hmm. which to me actually might be more conservative, but the one that really stood out to me because the, my thing for me, Jackson, which you were five years old when it happened. I remember standing in my hotel room covering Missouri basketball in the NCAA tournament in 2003 and watching the invasion of Iraq and going, oh, my God. Right. This is this is bullshit. Uh-huh. And the United States, you know, my country, is invading a sovereign nation based on bullshit. Right. Bullshit predicate, yeah. And was I remember, I, was, I mean, I can pay an Indianapolis hotel room, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. Right. And it's still, to this day, from my standpoint, I'm sure there's there may be other things, but for me, the thing that I'm just so, wow, we did that. Yeah. And then, I, like, even now, still two decades, like, well, I mean, you have to understand, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then, like, what it then led to right. following, uh-huh. you know, but I, that's not what I was thinking at the time. I'm not like, well, this is going to cause this, because I didn't know. I'm just like, we're invading a sovereign nation on a false premise. Yeah. And holy shit, yeah. I can't believe we're doing this now. I'm sure there may be other countries around the world that would go, well, this isn't the first time. No. Yeah. But, but it, you know, from my experience, it was. And I'm like, we have people saying they're talking to God and then basing their decision on that. This is fucked up. Yeah. And what I saw happening is as long as you were a certain kind of Christian, like my kind of Christian as a Catholic wouldn't count, uh-huh. but a certain kind of Christian— you are you're good. Uh-huh. We you you're not. Uh-huh. This Christian is the good Christian, you know, and and I'm like we're we're doing that. I also don't think it's right to say okay we're going to put this person in office because this person is X, what race, what gender. Yeah. I think that I think it I think it's a I think it's wrong, and then B I think it does a disservice to the credibility of that person who gets appointed. Uh-huh. Because they were then, oh, you were picked because you yeah, were checked this. Yeah, boxes. I couldn't believe, I can't, I, you know, I can't believe that shit goes on. Mm-hmm. I really can't. Well, I shouldn't say I can't believe it goes on. I can't believe that it would be just like that obvious. Yeah, yeah. That to me is not right. Mm-hmm. That to me is not right. With all of that said, with all of that said, in 2003, that is where I became, that's I think where I had my my shift. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't based on, oh, now I'm a Democrat. It was based on, wow, people are getting put in office to make decision based on something that has nothing to do with their ability as a, as a legislator or somebody in a, an executive position, but because they're Christian. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But it was going on. For and sure. it's, it's absolutely going on now. Shit, it's, if anything, it's like it's so, it's so going on that it's not even thought of as anything anymore. Yeah. It's like actually a fucking movement, yeah. you know. 
And so I, 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 just, I look at it and I'm just, that's why I'm out. You know, as I said in the Danforth interview, and I know I said on the podcast, I can't, if you're going to, if you're going to legislate based on, you know, like what happened on January 6th and we're going to debate that, I can't do it. And that's what, when Danforth said that in the interview, he goes, yeah, that, that, that was something else. He goes, for me, it was when one of the candidates for governor uh, ended his speech at CPAC because he didn't want to say his name, uh-huh. which speaks volumes. Right. Yeah. By right. saying, let's go, Brandon. And you were watching that. You were oh, producing yeah, yeah. it. And you saw the look on his face. I mean, and there's a guy who that's that's like Phil Ivey of politics with Danforth. And he was just like shaking his head as he was thinking like about just, it. Yeah, just his, his essentially, if he would say it and talk like me, which it's a great thing that he doesn't, he would have gone, what the fuck? Fuck, am I watching? Right, exactly. That's what he wanted to say, but instead yeah. he just like shook his head, just like he's like, I can't even believe this. Yeah, it's, you know. Uh, yeah, but anyway. I mean, and that's and it's like, and I saw it, and I'm just like, ah, eh, that's a that's a, if anything, it kind of would have been weird if he didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's par for the course. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's worth. It's, that's it. That's what we got going, and it's just. So I'm like, how can I? How can I? How can I be in? But the thing is, I couldn't do a show that would work because I would be, like, shitting on everybody, which means then everybody would hate me. Yeah. And so I can't, which I guess I'm doing right now, but, you know. <laughs> couldn't <laughs> but, endure yourself. Yeah. But, I, but it's like, this is what I think, and it's my podcast and whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I look at them, I'm just, I'm wondering, like, especially, like, some of these people in office, like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you, how do you like reason this? I'm sure some of them have to go, God Almighty! But I guess we got to do it. Mm-hmm. Like some of these guys who ran against Trump in 2016, who would now, if Trump's going, hey, I could use some hand relief. Go, sure, I'll be down at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> I think I can be there by two. Yeah. I'm just going, what? And but Trump like shit on them all the day, or they, or they talked about how bad he was while they were running <laughs> against him. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like how it usually goes down. I mean, hell, one of the most contentious. Uh, White House races was George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan for the Republican nomination in 1980. Uh, and then, obviously, George H.W. Bush became his uh, his vice president. Mm-hmm. So that goes on. Um, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in 2008 was rough. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then she became his secretary of state. We've seen it uh, before. Don't get me wrong, but this is at a different level. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Ted Cruz was basically cocked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cocked and then is like... Like with the Trump number one foam finger the next week, and like, I'm just like, how do you like really like honestly? It's like it's like they're video game characters. It's just like it's just a different chapter. In I the just book. I, I really, and it's it's not it's not it truly isn't about because um, I think it goes on with um, the uh, Pod Save America guys. I used to listen to that. Do you listen to that with Favreau? Yeah, and, yeah. My sister and I, and I, to that, and I and I used to listen. I'm like, this is so fucking just. It's it's a shame because I know they're intelligent people. Uh-huh. Just like Clay's super fucking yeah, yeah. intelligent, man. Yeah. Clay's ridiculously intelligent. Uh, but I'm like, oh. Now you're like you're going into like almost like a caricature of it, and mm-hmm. it's like it's so that uh, I bailed on that, uh-huh. and I don't know. I don't know. You know the thing that Danforth said. And because I'm like on an anti-promotion tour on it, like this is the <laughs> yeah. most I've talked about this interview. <laughs> don't like I did this to... interview that I thought was great, not again because of me, because of him, but I don't really want to get it out there because if it gets in like the wrong hand, so to speak, the DMs I'll get will be, you Brutal. know, oh, 
and just like as a as a as a father in general, but now as a father of a five week old, and just like things are happy right now in my life. I just don't really. At the same time, maybe it's because things are happy. I can handle it. I mean, I can always handle it, but it's just like not if it gets into like threats. Yeah, that, yeah. And I think different. it could get into that. Um. So I said, hey, if you watched the or listened to it. I'm happy to discuss, mm-hmm. which then like immediately eliminated 99% who would have just drove driven by like, fuck him, he's anti this or that, yeah, he's yeah, killing yeah. the Republic. But it's such an intelligent interview, I would love for it actually to lead to, I'm talking about him, not the interview, what he's trying to do, lead to something, but I'm like, he's on an island. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it, it doesn't have a chance. But maybe it does, maybe... Maybe what he's doing, somebody will be inspired by it and go. You know what? I want to. I don't care. Because Danforth called it a kamikaze mission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, it, it could go very poorly. It, if it doesn't probably work. will go very poorly. Yeah. And so, if you are in your 30s or 40s, maybe even 50s, in politics or in government, you're taking yourself out. Yeah. At the same time, I think you could be putting yourself up on a pedestal that maybe you're not going to win the race that you won locally. But now nationally, you know, people go, God, this that was that was refreshing. Kind of changed the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea. I do you know who is who's going to be the the representative uh, or the the candidate? Excuse me for the Democrats in the U.S. No Senate. Idea. I have no idea. No idea. I'm, but I'm so detached. Yeah. Uh, and I was surprised when somebody told me that Greitens is most likely the favorite, not because I'm like Eric Greitens, the guy. And I'm like, of course. But I'm talking. I thought Eric Schmidt was the favorite. Uh, I would have thought he was. Mm-hmm. And fuck, I don't know. It's not like I know because again, I've withdrawn. Yeah. Um, shit. Either one of them winning, I wouldn't go. Missouri, what? You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. it, it, but I do think if you had somebody emerge, I do think there are enough people who would go. This is so refreshing that the person could win. The issue is the candidate being one who's viable with some semblance of experience that would get people to vote, not just like somebody who's like. Man, I listened to Jack Danforth and I was inspired, you know, yeah. and I'm going to run. It has to be somebody with some semblance of credibility Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I think the person really could win. But the person has to be willing, essentially, to fucking go on the kamikaze mission. Right. Sacrifice you know? everything. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, has honor. Oh, for but sure. But if I were to do it, not that it's me, but I'm talking about if I were to do it as a father of, of two and a husband— I'd be essentially putting my family's well-being at risk, not because of threats of violence, although I guess that kind of comes with the territory for anybody running for office at this point, but but uh, with it ending my career. Yeah. Yep. And then am I, if I'm doing what I think, like Jack Danforth, God bless him, he's 85. He's already played the game, yeah. played the game at the highest level. Yep. You know, he he knows it's not going to be him, but if it's if it's somebody who's younger... That person is going on a kamikaze mission. But at the same time, I have the greatest respect for Jack Danforth saying what he's saying, knowing it's super unpopular. And if we, there is a candidate that emerges, having a, assuming this is somebody who actually has something to lose and not just like a guy who really writes well on Facebook, yeah. you know, that you go, man, fuck, tip of the cap. Yep. You know, the Jay-Z gif I always use. He's <laughs> fucking leaning over and is going, good for you, man. Yep. Fucking Godspeed, because it's probably over, but you are doing what you think is right yep. and good for you. Meanwhile, some motherfucker who is a multimillionaire who's just lying to people, whether it be on a podcast or radio or TV, 
fuck them. Like, I have no respect for that. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. None. Even though me talking how I talk is probably going to be what ends my career. And that's what I was getting to with the guy who emailed me about a year ago. And he's going, as an entrepreneur, I can't believe, and also what I perceive to be your tax bracket, I can't believe you, you know, are a liberal. He goes, it would be better for you if Republicans were in office. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Yeah, but I mean, if people were just thinking of what was, and I recall responding, I'm like, yeah, I guess, but I mean, if that's the case, it, it would have been certainly lovely as a white man if this were 160 years ago yeah. for the, the operation to still be in place that was in place. Yeah. But you do what you think is in the best interests of the people, right? Exactly. Not me as an individual. That's what I've always said is, is you got. It's not just about you. Like but we're, I, we're democracy. It's a vote for the people. Right. But I think. But I. I don't think. And hey, listen. You know what? It's easy to say that when you're 23 without right. a family, and or I'm not. I'm business. not shitting on it. Now I am 45 with a family. Yeah. And I guess because p- perhaps it's perceived that I have a certain amount of money or whatever which you know i think might be a misnomer but whatever either way that i'm like voting against my own economic interests whereas people make fun of like you know poor maga people going what in the world are you doing you're hurting yourselves with this but you you do what you think is right and if that's what you think is right then that's what you think is right even if it's not what i think is right for sure but if you're knowingly doing something that is wrong, I go, how the fuck do you <laughs> yeah. do that? Yeah, it's tough to rationalize. Right, and that's what I'm. That's that's what I'm looking. I'm looking for somebody who did it and now comes out on the other side of it and goes, "This is why I did it." Mm-hmm. And I might just be as simple as, "Yeah, I needed a job." Yeah, I don't know. It could be. But I really think I think that the rationalization. I think I think they convince themselves that they're right yeah. and that they can justify it and say that they're like. Like Vladimir Putin, for example, mm-hmm. like that. Do you think he knows he's wrong, so to speak? I, you know. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously taking it to a current event and extrapolating to the millionth power. But the point being, you know, people, and it's like, you know, what's what's that line? God, it's from a song too. Uh, a God I've never met, but a God who never fi- fails. Oh. Uh, Standing outside a phone booth, something like that. This is from the late 1990s. God, what the fuck is it? It's important enough for me to... Standing outside... Is it standing outside a phone booth? Standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. Are you familiar with this song? Nope. The lyrics on it um, are... It it was a really popular song, 1996. So this is before your time. Yeah. Uh, By who? One hit wonder for sure. Standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. Um, Worthy title. Yes, but the whole point, I think, was to have these introspective uh-huh. lyrics. Uh, let's see. I've, I've found the lyrics. Maybe these won't wind up being as poignant as I'm, I'm thinking they are. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Mother Teresa's joined the mob and happy with her full-time job. There's one. We sit outside and argue all night long about a God we've never seen but never fails to side with me. Uh, point being, mm-hmm. 
who has ever declared a war and then said, well, God's on their side. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. What you're saying. Everybody always claims God. Yeah, that, that, and that's that's what the point is. That, that, and of course, nobody's ever seen, but uh, but but he always happens to be on our side. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Very convenient. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how it works. He's on a lot of sides. <laughs> he is. Uh, so I don't know. I sat down. I really did. And I'm like, all right, let's do this in a half hour. Get to my place by 12:15, and here we are, 12:32. Yep, hour, hour, hour and a half. God. Some, I mean, for real. Some, do you sit across from me and go, this guy's fucked up? Now, I like it because he's decent. I'd like to think that you go, oh, he's, he's good to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm doing well. Yeah. But, God, he's fucking weird. Uh, what do you yeah. think? Tell me what's going on with you. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes it's like, hey, really? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what question was asked where we arrived here? And for the life of me, and then I remember, and I'm like, oh, that has nothing to do with what we're The Adderall about. session. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're very good to me. But I got to be honest with you. I think it's the reason why our show on 101 is working. <laughs> 100%. I mean, today we were looking at Wysmith's stats, and then you go, oh, shit, we got a break. And so I just hit the button. I looked at it. More inside baseball and radio. I looked at it because we have to break. There's, there's, I still actually don't know what the break times are, honestly. We've been it was doing just as long months. as we get out before 11. I know, <laughs> but there's there actually is a structure to a oh, clock. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is. But I still don't really know what it is. I just yeah. kind of think I know what it is. So right. I just like, okay. We're near it. So... <laughs> But on this one, we're looking up fucking Lonnie Smith and who he played for in 1980. And it's like 10.53. We have to break, have another segment, and then another break before 11 o'clock. And I'm going, oh, fuck. Not enough time in a day. But the show is doing well. Yep. And uh, and that's great because, well, it's, it really honestly doesn't. I, I, I said this one time to manager, like, honestly, if you wanted to. It's not going to impact me financially. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that is kind of the truth. It isn't. That isn't the lion's share of my income. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying doing it. And if you would have told me two and a half months ago, and you knew going in, I'm like this 101 thing. I don't know about this trepidation. Yeah. Uh, but I never really knew what the expectation was and now that we're doing it because it kind of wanders and yeah. since it's so fucking random <laughs> I th- I'm sure plenty of people have gone okay these two motherfuckers or yeah. really this one motherfucker and the the, the kid seems likable but <laughs> he's with this asshole so I can't I can't listen uh, but it's so fucking random and weird yep. that I think it's just like it might it's just like okay it's, it's it doesn't mean it's good. It's just different, right. and, and therefore I will listen. Right. The the value in it is it's unique. Not you know. There's no, that might be the only redeeming. Right. Value, exactly. But, but it it's is. it's like this podcast. Like I'm in awe when I see the numbers and the downloads on it. Yeah. So I'm like I, I basically just threw up and Jackson recorded it, <laughs> and then like thousands of people listened to it. Yep. Yep. And I don't. And, and we only read four questions, and basically two of them were the same thing. <laughs> right. And one guy read a quote from Thoreau. And the other guy was just asking about Plowsy and Iggy doing the podcast. And, and somehow, I got into Clay Travis, Rachel Maddow, and, you asked and the if, Iraqi invasion. Yeah, you just asked me if Vladimir Putin thinks he's doing, like, what he's doing is right. It's like, where did and we I go? Mean, and I got to be honest with you, I couldn't have it any other way. 100%. Now, I can't do this on TMA. I can't do this on Balloon Party. Right. And so this is like... This is the leftovers. This is the shit that I really is, want to get into, overtime. but I can't do. And so this is like my, yeah. I can spread my wings and really go into the shit that I think about, but I can't do on TMA. And I sure as hell can't do on Balloon Park. Not because I'm like scared of management, because I know the audience and I know yeah. I have an idea of what the audience wants. If I busted out, 
hey, we're back on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Do you think Vladimir Putin knows he's wrong? Right. That would go for Can you it. even imagine? This is the 19th hole. QFTA is the 19th hole. It's what, it's what you get. I really do. It's like we should light up a fucking, you know, although I guess we're in the Hubbard studio, so I probably can't do that. Uh, and just like, because that's what I feel like. I'm just like word vomiting. And yeah. I know it's fucking weird. Yeah. And I've gotten, like, with my parents, my dad in particular, because I think my mom would think anything I do is good. Mm-hmm. But my dad, I don't think he thinks that way. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and I I I think I've, I've said to myself I don't necessarily think I'm talented and I really don't I think my brain's kind of fucked up mm-hmm. but I can talk right and so because I can talk and then therefore communicate fucked up things that it people just because it's so fucking weird but it sounds good right it's they go, this guy knows well. what he's talking about yeah. But it's really just fucked up. <laughs> it's articulated. <laughs> but it's articulate. Yeah, it's, art- it's articulate word vomit. Yes, exactly. There's it's the new name art- of the show. Articulated word vomit. <laughs> articulating word vomit. But I got to be honest with you. I think every. I really honestly do think and feel everything that I just said over the last however long you've been trapped in here with me. I honestly do. Yeah. I, I For real, I honestly do. I'm all for everybody fucking everybody. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about in business. I'm talking about fucking. Yeah. Uh, and what else? Oh, I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sun worshiper. <laughs> yeah, just real quickly on that, on the off chance. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. Uh, but hey, it'd be great if I arrived at the conclusion that that's where, I, where it was. And uh, what else do we have? Oh, and I don't know what Vladimir Putin's thinking. Yeah. That's essentially it. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Vladimir Putin knows he's wrong. Yeah. I do think Clay Travis does know he's wrong. Right. And how, <laughs> and how do those who are acting rationalize? Right. Yes. That's, that's essentially what it is. And then I get done with these things. And in a couple of days, I'm like, the fuck did I say on that oh, thing? Yeah. yeah. If you were to ever ask me, like, hey, what did you guys talk about this QFTA? Like, I was listening to it, and it was like from like November or even December. Oh, like, I have no idea. I'd be like, I, I didn't know what we did in January. I no know. idea. I know we talked about. I don't Phil know, but on TMA, week. I don't know. Uh, like my son will ask me for uh-huh. real, which is just amazing. It makes me so happy mm-hmm. that he'll say not because he's like, oh, my dad's on the radio. Like who the fuck cares? <laughs> but be like, Dada, what'd you talk about on your show today? And I'll be like. I got I, I like I love the fact that he asked just because he's asking yeah, as yeah. a four year old about somebody other than himself. Sure. I don't do that as a forty five year old. <laughs> so um I want to give him a good answer and then I go, Well, I'm sure Iggy talked about beating off. Yeah. Probably talked about learn. Yeah. Doug probably yelled about something. Yeah, there was probably some We probably read people attacking one of us or all of us. Yeah. But what the fuck did we talk about? And so, like, if you ask me what we talked about on TMA today, just a few hours ago, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I hosted the fucking thing. We surely didn't I have talk no about, idea. I guess we talked talk a little about bit about the golf tournaments. Yeah, we well, talked about What did we talk about in the 7 o'clock hour? I have uh, no idea. Um, fuck, I don't know. Uh, we talked about... Do you actually know? It's on the. Well, I was writing the show notes, so I feel like I have some <laughs> some advantage over the other four members. But uh, I think we talked about. I really fuck. I don't yeah, know. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. I have no hey, idea because it's all because it's all just like like vignettes of conversations. There's no ever like real conversation going on. <laughs> There's just like 
bits and pieces, and then Iggy says something, and then that the, the conversation yeah. goes elsewhere. It's like we, I mean, baseball shut down, and we're in fucking St. Louis. Yeah, baseball shut down, and we do me and Doug basically for about twenty minutes talk about the work stoppage, and there are people who are angry as all get out. Yeah, yep. that we are talking about it. Meanwhile, at 10 o'clock, if I walk down the hallway and I don't talk about baseball's work stoppage, they'd be angry as all get out that I didn't talk yeah, about it. We talked about uh, uh, crypto uh, banking. We talked about wow, of banking. course, why wouldn't we? <laughs> all investment bankers. God, and I mean, we couldn't talk. Checks. I mean, we couldn't. I mean, we couldn't have less credibility on a topic than, <laughs> than banking. But of, but of course, that was our lead. <laughs> That's just so fucking weird. And I think the people here who work here. Like they, they're like, this is great, but we don't really fucking get it. Yeah, they, they love that the audience is so passionate and they support the sponsors and support all of our causes and comes out to our events. But they well, listen they, to they the listen. What do they really love? That there's advertising. And hey, that's the game. That's yeah, business. And God bless them. They, they should because like the if there weren't, they wouldn't love us. Right. Exactly. And that there are numbers with the downloads and the YouTube, YouTube and all right. of that. And right. then we did well in the ratings on Bloom Party. I still don't understand how to read it. I just said to you, I said I think we did really well with 18 to 49 and 25 to 54. I know that's what it matters, but I don't understand how to read this fucking yeah. thing. And all of that's great. And so it's like our weird shit has been normalized as a byproduct of advertising revenue yeah. and downloads. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be like, this fucking thing's terrible. Right. They'd be like, get the hell out. Because they don't, but for the life of them, they, but if you've never listened, how could you understand how anyone would think That's this the is? thing. Well, you were in one of the sales meetings where I said to one of the salespeople, I said, you're getting in this. I'm not really. <laughs> just, but I get that there's people who are. Right. That's, that's the thing. I it's think been, people even who don't like it can see it. They're like, I could understand why someone would like it. Sure. Because it's kind of a, an against-the-grain model that makes fun of itself while making fun of everything else at the same time. Yeah. I don't I laugh, not at, but I guess I am laughing at you, mm-hmm. Plowboy, Doug, and Iggy. And... So, therefore, that's what I – because I'll listen to it every once in a while if I just am clicking through and go to 105.7 HD2. Right. And I will legitimately laugh. Yeah. But I'm not like, man, I'm so good. I'll go, oh, fuck me. I hate my part. That's what I think. That's uh, what I think. Cause it's just That's just the way that I yeah. am. Wired, yeah. But, like, I'll laugh and I'll just be like, man. And I'll have a – because I, I kind of, you know, when you do it – like, I'm sure there are guitarists mm-hmm. who go, man, this motherfucker is good. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else goes, you're fucking good. But I'm like, no, but this motherfucker yeah, yeah. is so good. Like your favorite you artist, favorite artist. You do it and you respect, like, yeah, like yeah. I'll always respect the cat, Doug, Martin's ability to not break. Right, right. right. Not start giggling. Yeah, That's yeah. what I mean by that, you know. And I know the cat would say to me, he'd go, I just, I admire your restraint. Because he would get fucking worked up about shit, and yeah, I'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm pissed off, but if I rage, yeah. it's going to cause all hell to break loose." Right. So looking was, at things from a bird's eye view, yeah, as opposed to looking at it through the the red eyes. Doug's timing, oh, yeah, and un- effortlessly funny. And and then I, and then Iggy, I don't know what it is, I don't know how to describe it. I just think he is the greatest St. Louis radio personality ever. Yeah, and that doesn't mean like talented which isn't a shot mm-hmm. it's just personality because he's so unique and unapologetically unique yeah, yeah, yeah and so you have this thing all mixed together 
and it'd almost be a waste if we talked about real shit. 100%. <laughs> now, with that said, if in two months the Blues are going into the second round and are up 3-2 and on the verge of going to Western Conference, I know that we'll do a great show on uh-huh. it. You know? Yeah. But, like, right now, even on our thing on 101, what, what was there to talk about today? Like, really? Oh, yeah, I don't know. What did we talk about on that? Fuck, I just did that a couple hours ago. Uh, we did Jackson's Friday Parlay. Right. Uh, uh, we did... I don't remember. We did an update on the the, the, the Angels, Diamondbacks, Tigers, right, and right, Reds right. complaining about the CBT, right. and they're the ones who put some of the shittiest deals out right. there. Over we the talked last about uh, winning time and the parallels that a St. Louis team could have. Ah, yeah, that was good. I yeah. liked that. And then we did what your grandma think, and then we uh, and then we also talked about Shashevsky and people right, right. hating like yeah, these yeah. successful coaches. Yeah. yeah, those those do engage me. Those topics do engage yeah, me. Yeah. But I couldn't do like if the Blues played last night, I couldn't do a full. I I could not do a full recap kind of thing. I couldn't do a full hour of it. No. Like, I cannot do what Brandon Kiley and Alex Ferrario do. Mm-hmm. Dead serious. I, I can't, I, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a compliment or criticism. It's just, this is the deal. I cannot yeah. do it. You know, I'm sure somebody could look at, you know, somebody who's really good at golf and go, fuck, I cannot do that. So it's I look at it, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm impressed that they can do it because sure. they have the knowledge and the passion on it. Yeah, yeah. I can do a very surface level breakdown of a Blues game. Yeah. Um, I can do an even further surface level <laughs> yes. breakdown. I can, like box score level <laughs> breakdown. But I can't. So I I I respect that. But when it comes to what is going to make me laugh, it's the people on this show. Yeah. yeah. But if everybody were Doug. It wouldn't work. Right, exactly. And if everybody were Iggy, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't work. And if everybody were the Plowboy, it wouldn't work. If everybody were me, it sure as hell wouldn't work. Uh, and if everybody were you, it wouldn't work. So it's the mix yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes it work. It's the difference. You know? yeah. And then it's everybody kind of going, okay, I know we're going to get our asses lit up, but fine, fuck it. And then just being cool with it. Yeah, yeah. And then the audience gets that these guys are just fucking off and kind of don't care. Yeah. And so then they just get in on it. Yep. Which is why the insults on our show are different than the insults that... Absolutely. That we get. <laughs> the ones on our show have a nice... I wish I could read, like, the one that I know that you're probably thinking that I'm thinking, oh, yeah, but I yeah, can't yeah. say. No, And no. it's so, like, it's it's not funny nope. in, in, like, the TMA text inbox way is funny. It's funny in, like, how sad it is that right. somebody thought it was an insult. Right. Exactly. And it's also sad in the way that somebody thought it was an insult. Right. That, and, that, that would really like, get And it's just like, it's just a different, it's just a different thing. And it's a di- different, uh, yep. but the thing is, I really do enjoy doing both shows. And then yeah. I love doing this show. I, I've also, often... so, so Tommy was saying yesterday, he's like, God, you know, well, I don't know. I might be, I might be going too far inside baseball. So I'll re- although I, f- that's one of the things I love about here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, say whatever. If it's true, right. say it. I'm like, yeah. well, can I talk about how, like, not that I want to brag, but for advertising purposes, like our downloads for this podcast, or for TMA podcast, the highest before was 314,000. February was 370,000. Am I right? 380, 375? Oh, that I think. Okay. And that's in a sh- the shortest month of the year. Right. So he's like, yeah, the fuck wouldn't you talk about it? And I go, I don't know, because if I used to say it at KF and S, then they'd be like, oh, then, you know, what are you saying about the other shows? Yeah. So you, like, were taught not to be happy about your success. It was a strange dynamic. <laughs> and I said it to him in, in the GSM, General Salesman, and she goes, yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And I go, and it's not because I, like, want to, like, go look at us. It's like, yeah. well, we're trying to we're, we're yeah, trying yeah. to tell advertisers exactly. that we have an audience. We're not, like, so raising then, a trophy. Right, no, it's, if it'd be about that, I'd be like, oh, fuck off, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. 
but it's a it's a great thing. And it's like you know, and I was emailing with somebody about the balloon party ratings, and uh, and he goes, "Holy shit, that's incredible!" And I go, "Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't honestly, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say." Yeah. And the thing is, I don't, you know, it's not like it, you know, because to me, I know we've always had an audience, so. Yeah, yeah. To me, I guess, I guess it's good because now people who didn't know if we did now know it. Yeah. But for me, I've always known it, not because I know it, but because I would show up at places for our events. And if we didn't have an audience, nobody would be there. Exactly. And if we didn't deliver return on investment, we wouldn't have advertisers. So I guess I kind of knew it, but now I guess it's confirmation for people who are like, I don't know. These guys have been at KFNS at 920 and 1380, and they're in our little podcast studio. And so I think for them, they're like, Holy shit! We kind of thought this was a joke. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that's we're at, we're at that, you know, this high equity moment. Yeah. yeah. Because nobody thought it was real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's more surprise. Like, yeah, that's we are the byproduct of surprise. Yes. We are that we are the pleasant surprise. Yeah. And I guess for me, I'm kind of in a way, and I've said this to my wife. In a way, it's kind of a. Now you have been lucky because you've only gotten, for the most part, you got. It's great for you. You got the perfect deal. Mm-hmm. You got to see, to yeah. appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we have now, but you the, never really felt. Yeah, I never had to feel the brunt of it. Right. You never had to watch me, like go into like a different like universe to get through a show. Yeah, without exactly. losing my mind. Um. So that's great for you. God bless America, but. The thing is, and and Doug doesn't know it because he hasn't had to be like handling the the, the shit. Yeah, yeah. And God bless him. And he, I'm not saying he should have to. Fuck, he's super talented. He does his thing, and he does it at an A plus level, and never causes trouble. And everybody on the show loves him. So, yep. But it's it's kind of, we're doing the exact fucking thing we were doing a year ago. Yeah. And we're doing the exact fucking thing we were doing two years ago, and we're doing the exact fucking thing we were doing ten years ago. And it's a shame. In that sense, yeah. That now it's like we're, you know, yeah. I don't know what the right term is for. Now it's like it's a revelation. It's been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't really been a pleasant way to live. <laughs> <laughs> but then my wife, being more positive, she's like, "Well, at least it happened." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, but I mean, what about the last?" <laughs> <laughs> Can't get those hours you back. Know. So I'm like, we should already be in a spot where I can be living in Jupiter and we can be living in a really nice place in Jupiter and everything's cool. And Doug could be doing the show. He likes Orange County. He likes Jupiter. He could be wherever. And Iggy would, if he wanted to, I still don't know if he would, could live somewhere other than, you know, his, you know, vomitorium. (laughs) And fuck, anybody who wanted to be on the show would have been able to stay on the show and not gotten hashtag furloughed. Yeah. You know, and then and that's a shame. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. That part's that I and I can't shake that. And I get, yeah, I should be grateful that it's happened. But in a, in a sense, it's a shame that the, all the other shit had to happen. At the same time, if all the other shit had to happen, I wouldn't be exp- experiencing the appreciation yes. for what's happening now. Right. right. And also, what I said maybe a few weeks ago, which is, it's the game's over. We never have to work at a radio station again. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That's so true. whenever, I mean, listen, I'll be happy to work here until I retire because it's so. Truly is. I mean, Iggy, Iggy just kind of breaks into his Hubbard praise like yeah. it's a live read. Everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Iggy has to do his Hubbard live read." Yeah. Well, he's been on the uh, <laughs> he's been on the struggle bus for many a year. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I saw Moon from the Riz show right. in a commercial break, and he goes, "Hey, how's everything going? How's the transition?" I kind of busted a new Moon impression there. That's pretty good. And uh, 
And I go, it's great. What do you, what do you guys talk about? Is it Mother Hubbard? And I was, when Lux was announcing she was leaving, she called it Mother Hubbard. Uh-huh. And he goes, no, Hale Hubbard. And I go, yeah, that's what it is. I go, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never really understood this whole thing with people love a company that much. Yeah. And now that I'm here, I don't know if actually it's the company, it's just the people who are here. Yeah, exactly. Are so great. Yeah, you my, know? my brother came by yesterday. Yes, with the, with the tykes. With the tykes. And he, he called me later that night and he was just like, man, everyone there is like the nicest human being because he met with Brad Thompson. He said, I didn't know Brad Thompson was like the nicest guy ever. You know, yeah, John Kiowski. Yeah, he was like, "That's your boss." He's like the nicest guy ever. He's like, everyone was so nice and cool, and Randy, Michelle were awesome. Right. It's like it's how it is. And man. here's the thing: I feel like, and maybe it won't happen, but I and I say this, and I'm not saying it as an act. You know, I've said this privately. I yeah. will be fired from here. Mm. It will happen. Mm. Now, I'd like to think it won't be for a while, yeah. but it will happen. You can't, you know, it's just the way that it'll work. Whatever still not going to change that like these people are good people you know it's just business it's business it's inevitably going to happen now hopefully hopefully it doesn't happen but it's just kind of like it's going to happen like i'll say that time and like you're probably at some point gonna have to fire me you know it's just the way that it works yeah but you can understand it when it's when it's a business thing it's a business thing yeah when it's the other stuff that we had dealt with in the past yeah god how do i even like how can I even f- possibly fall asleep tonight and then act like everything's cool when the clock hits 707 tomorrow? Yeah. But that's that'll be my meditation exercise. So I'm I'm I really am experiencing a great deal of gratitude for the situation, but honestly, I'm just like waiting for for somehow something awful to happen. That's that's my mindset. Uh-huh. Are you there? You're waiting for the shoe to drop? Yeah. Uh I probably am not because I am still a little green. Right. Whereas you've had the shoe drop on you. Too many times, so I, uh, I I might be a more optimistic, naive or not, but I uh, I think we're in a, an absolute. I'm not saying you're not saying this, but I think we're in an absolutely awesome place where the only way to go is up. Right. It's it's just uh, anyway. I, I, that's enough. You probably have to piss so badly, don't you? You know what? I actually don't. Wow. I actually, I've I'm noticed you real. moving around. I'm like, I got to get out. Well, of that's this the thing. ADD. That's not, oh really? That's not the piss. Well, that's how am I not moving around? I assume I have the worst ADD of anybody. Oh, mine's really. Mine's really that right. Sitting down and not being able to talk in a, like in a room of people is like my kryptonite. So, really? so school, it's a lot of points is really huh. difficult for me. Interesting. I wonder what my thing is because I know I have to have a bunch of disorders. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I then think, I don't have ADD. Then I think. Well, I think because you're hosting, it's different. Yeah. Because okay, you're you're, you're kind of like you're kind of constantly conducting that it's different than me as someone who's like got ADD and and you got this guy across from you just yeah. vomiting. I'm like fourth chair violin that's you know kind of playing but then we'll take a break when the the funniest thing that's going on right now is Tommy who's in head of programming here we yeah. talk about it like everybody knows. He's been walking back and forth, so clearly there's a talk, and he, I don't know if he can tell if we're doing the show if we're just well, talking. The red, the red lights Oh, the on. red lights on, so he yeah. does know. He knows. He he's knows got to be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> he's like, they're still talking? <laughs> what, are they recording a spot? And then he's going to be like, who are you interviewing? I'm like, basically, <laughs> I just talked about a bunch of shit, ranging from <laughs> does Vladimir Putin know that he's in the wrong <laughs> to whether or not the shift will go away in That baseball. should have been my fifth uh, question, for, the fourth question from our Jackson's Friday parlay is, do you <laughs> think Vladimir Putin knows that he's doing his wrong? All right, that's enough. I wasn't even going to do this. <laughs> I had a tea time at 12.15. It's 12.55, but uh, there it is. QFTA is in the books. Thank you to the sponsors who make it possible. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategy. Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling. Munganess, stlouisacura.com. AltonToyota.com and James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studio. Peloton, let's go. 
this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.